Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family, this podcast is the place for you. So I'm assuming that you go to the actual air returns as well. Not not yeah, just the registers, but the returns as well. well. They should okay, be doing yeah. both. And then what and so about the returns? About... Usually you have to cut a hole. Well, okay. Well, let me let me because I I bet some I bet some of us aren't ultra familiar with these setups, but yeah. just in brief, you've got your unit usually in a utility room here in Utah and probably Wyoming. Um, registers on your ceiling. I know that sounds very basic, but but it's it's really important that you don't just clean the registers that you see it come out of because that's only the f- half of the story or yeah. part of the story. You got the returns too, which are usually on the floor. Well, something yeah. as a, you know, but, but uh, uh, you know, those do get filtered, you know, but still the, you don't want to neglect those return trunks as well. Right. There's two. And in, in theory, that's, I would say another thing with, um, I mean, as you know, I talk about building safe buildings. So um, is that your returns should match your <laughs> supplies. The only place yeah. we don't do returns is in bathrooms and kitchens sometimes, yeah. but, um, but they should match. And yes, they're two completely different systems that would need yeah, to be yeah. cleaned separately. So lots of times what I would do when I have had it done and I've had it done probably five or six times now in different houses that I've been in. I mean, I, I did the rental that we lived in recently here. Huh. Um, because it had so much construction dust in it. So one thing I'd say is go, you know, just take a register off and put your cell phone down there and put it on flash and take a picture. Is that, the, is that, is that one of, I guess, DIY ways to do it? To well, do that's it? one way to see what's in your ducts yeah. and to possibly be horrified. Test it. Yeah. I mean, that's not testing. That's just like, how bad does it look in there? And knowing that dust is really bad or silica is really bad. So in my yeah. case, in the new construction that we rented, I did that. And there's like a roll of tape under there in the dock. Oh, yeah. There's like Construct, all this construction, construction yeah. garbage, you know, somebody's can of soda or something yeah. and <laughs> their lunch. And so, you know, so you get stuff like that, but I could see the, I could see the silica's white dust. So if yeah. you see a lot of um, new construction, if you, you see that, you know, every time you dust and all of a sudden there's white dust is back, definitely go check your, your furnace system and look mm-hmm. at the blower. Um, But, uh, but yeah, so for cleaning, you're going to, you want a number one when they're, so when I'm watching them clean, number one, I'm making sure I know where all the vents are. Yeah. You know, they're, they're trying to get it done quick. Yeah. So I make sure I know where they all are and I move furniture. Like there's one here. Yeah. (laughs) So what are your thoughts on, on the manual agitation where there's (laughs) whips or whatever they send through those? Well, that's the other piece is so while it's sucking they put in they put in like a a thing that most commonly i see it looks like a it's got these rubber legs on it yeah Yeah. um, they blow air out with that and it bounces around on the ducts and so basically knocks stuff off the ducts so that the suction can pull it away yeah it's pounding on it's really loud yeah yeah and that's why you can't you but you can't use that on flex duct because you'd rip them to shreds Yeah. yeah So what do they do on flex duct? Do you know? Well, I, I would argue you should just replace them. Replace, replace it. I would tell you because they are kind of ribbed. And so they collect dirt because they're yeah. ribbed. The people that do clean them will, I mean, clean is a, it's, it's, it's a relative term, you know? Yeah. So 
Is it going to be clean enough for someone with health issues? I would say no, but can they clean them and make them a little better? Um, there are tools that they use that have like a brush that just kind of like rotates. Yeah. They try to put through. Uh, but again, a lot of these are really circuitous and have these bends and stuff that yeah. I think are that, you know, if they're collecting stuff in the bend, I'm not sure that they can get through with all this stuff, but um but that would be, those are the kind of questions to ask when you're hiring yeah. a duck cleaner yeah. is really those inquisitive questions of, so exactly how are you going to do this? Right. And, and why do you do this? And why do you do that? And if they don't know, or if they, even if they're really confident, some of their answers seem to be not making sense, then, you know, keep looking. But so, um, what, what would you say time-wise, how long should a, say an average 2,500 square foot home. How long should that take them? Oh, I just did one. Um, I mean, I think a couple hours, I think okay. they were here probably. See, like that one, one that you got scammed They charge per duct opening. So I think that's pretty standard. So they go and they count how many openings. It's how many yeah. times they have to move the hose and, and put it in somewhere else. Then they have to figure out how to get the hose in your house as easy as possible sometimes yeah. people have you know they're far from the driveway or the the house is very long and narrow and that can be a little bit more challenging you start just like a vacuum cleaner hose if you keep stringing them together and it's really long you're going to lose some suction um, and then they do don't want the hose to get snake you know to get um cinched you know yeah um and then not be doing anything so is, is there a limitation on how deep into a, a trunk they can go? I mean, they have a length and yeah, and they do have a length. Else, can they limit? get around those? Yeah. So that's when in? sometimes in, especially return lines, they, they may have to cut a hole in the, um, in the return trunk because it, so they want to be in the trunk as much as possible because each of the arms comes off of, you know, each of the rungs mm -hmm. comes off of the trunk. And usually there isn't an access to the trunk because then that would, Take the pressure away from where you want right. the air going in or out. Mm -hmm. um, so, in my experience, that's usually something that has to be managed, which is hard to do in a finished basement, for instance. Right. Um, sometimes you can access it close to the furnace, and that was what was in this 2020 video was that they didn't even cut a hole; they just like taped a piece of metal like it that was a patch. Oh my, my the word! Metal, there wasn't even a I hole. Can, they I didn't can do see, it. See yeah, I totally can. Yeah, we cut that hole. Yeah, hole right there. Oh my god. So, um, what about elbows? Is, is it difficult for the equipment to get around corners? Yeah. I mean, I think they have limitations. I mean, it, and then, then they want to come from the other side. Um, yeah, they just do the best yeah. they can. There's they in the my case, we did it one time. Well, the house that was that I got, my daughter got sick in, um, we were able, it was an unfinished basement. So we could actually remove some ends of some trunks mm -hmm. and basically look inside oh, and yeah. see, what the other guys didn't do and the mess that they left. And, um, but we could then as when they were done, we could do it and see, Oh, well, yeah, that looks a lot better. Yeah. So, but, but getting down to basements again with these pipes can be kind of a tricky yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. or up into attics, which is why yeah. condos are challenging because you know, basically what we think quick. about Cheryl is in our house. It's just my wife, my wife and myself, um, kids have moved out. It's a bigger house than we need, and we have multiple that we just shut off the vent and don't heat it or cool it, right? Mm -hmm. I call those dead legs, just yeah. stagnant air. 
Yeah. How do you, do you think as far as the health of the HVAC system to have air not moving and circulating through those dead legs? Or do you think it's a, not an issue? Um, it can be an issue. That'd be a good question to ask of your, um, like your HVAC based on your house. Yeah. So in new construction, more and more, they're trying to save money, the contractors. Yeah. And so we'll have all these supplies in like one major return. Right. And and that become that does, when there isn't the equal return in supply, it actually ages your furnace and causes, it makes it, you kind of suffocate because it wants makeup, it wants air to blow out and it's having trouble getting it. So right. if you're not blowing out, and but you have a lot of returns, it could be that it's unbalanced. And so it just depends yeah, yeah. on your situation and, and how you use it. I do it too. I mean, I'll do in this in the in the summer, we'll turn off the um, air conditioning in the lower level because it all comes down here anyway. Yeah. Um, to get the push up. And then likewise, we try to get the heat down um in the winter, which it doesn't want to do. Um, but I think it, you have to kind of look at your situation. How much are you closing off? You know, if it's one room, probably it's not a big deal, but if yeah. it, if it's half your house, you may, you know, but is it, it depends on how your furnace layout goes and stuff. They do have, yeah. um, you can put in uh, zoning. The zoning is like a damper that shuts off a whole section that is more designed to do that. So, right. um, yeah. yeah. But I, I've never really heard of anybody. I've heard that that it can it can um, in, decrease the life of your equipment. Okay. But I mean that's something hard to quantify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just gonna say back to those little whips. You can see how how that could quickly go wrong if you don't do it right, right? Because it's really agitating. Like oh yeah, crazy, it's a lot. Right? <laughs> They're banging stuff. around. And if you don't have it contained well, or, you know, the property, you know, the property said that can go. Well, yeah. Like if everything isn't closed and the vacuum isn't running when they're doing it, um, there are cases where people have their duct openings are not really sealed at the floor, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. the ceiling, wherever it's coming out of. And so then you would have these places where air could be kind of leaking out. And, and that's why we just want to make one, you should be, everybody should be fixing that anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. But um. But yeah. There's is a it, the devil's in the details. Yeah. Well. And well. If you don't get the details right, then it could be a mess. Yeah. Back to your your original story where you are in. So, so I the way I see duct cleaning, you know, you've got the whips that they can, you know, on an extension they can go deep and and whip through. What about that? Uh, yeah. What about that? To me, I don't know if it's the most problematic area, but that's, you know, you can reach with your arm. Again, there's an elbow usually right there where it comes yeah. up out of the ground or something. That is often one of the dirtier spots. Am I correct? Yeah. And they actually, um, that reminds me is they, they go in and vacuum and stuff from the top too. As much as they, they can reach. Well, they have the tool that, you know, oh, they're cleaning around and then they, the guys that I've had right recently, um, do they do are taking pictures. They're just using their cell phones, taking pictures um, see, to see. see, but yeah, they're cleaning from the top too, okay. just yeah. off the top, basically vacuum, a, a not good quality HEPA vacuum. Uh, but return airs can be, sometimes you have to remove covers that are painted on. So the painter may have done a really good job and they like caw around it. And this yeah. 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 is really great because we want the vent to 
to be disguised into the wall and whatnot. And so you, sometimes it, what I would recommend is using a razor blade and just breaking that seal so you don't pull yeah. off a lot of paint. But um, but it is better to open those than to try to like do anything through the vent. Yeah. 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 We have a, a licensee out in Louisiana who used to, every treatment, remember he'd pull off in the home? Just put new ones on. Oh yeah. Well, oh no. At, he, at, first, at first, yeah, he'd take right. him out to the truck and, and power he, wash him. He had a power washer. Yeah, yeah. He'd power wash him all. Put him back. That was part. That was standard part of his treat. But, but yeah, is that uh, is that something for too? Because yeah, those grates, you know, especially the return ones, get so filthy. They're not great. They're not easy to clean either. Just with the vans, you really have to. Any, any thoughts on the actual? Yeah. Metal, grate. Well, they have to be cleaned. I mean, at least a good dish soap. <laughs> get a yeah, big yeah, bucket yeah. or a or a kitty swimming pool or something out in the yard and be, you know, wash and scrub brush. And it's amazing yeah. how caked on they become. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we did do that in the original 20 years ago house issue. We mm. ended up pulling them all off and, and scrubbing them. Um, the one times, the times I've done it recently where it was new construction, we actually didn't do that. Actually, I did take some and just run them under the sink yeah. um, faucet, but those were brand new construction. So it wasn't yeah. really caking on as much. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's a good point to mention that the, the vent covers, I mean, that's something anybody can do on their own. We don't yeah, need exactly. to yeah. do that. That's, yeah. And that's it wouldn't so be a bad thing to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So here's a, here's a question I have for you. Cause you used to, you kind of, you grew up in Chicago, right? Lived a life mm -hmm. and that's a fairly humid area, correct? Yeah. In the summer. Now you're in Wyoming, Cheyenne, which is not humid, correct? No, I think my, so, my office right now is 20% relative humidity. Yeah. You're, yes. you're kind of like us and bone dry. Yeah. So are the locations with humidity and this whole conversation with cleaning I have some thoughts, but I want to hear yours first. Our location, say that question again. Are, are there implications um, with humidity and this kind of conversation about dirty ducting? Does humidity oh, yeah. play a role? Oh, 100%. So the other thing related to when you have mold in ducts has to do when oftentimes, so in my situation, if I go back to my situation, which I can talk about, um, it was a ranch house in Chicago with the furnace in the basement and then the ducts, you know, the main truck lines are in the basement. What's the coldest place in the summer in the house? The basement. Mm -hmm. What has 50 degrees air blowing through it? Those metal ducts in the basement. Mm -hmm. So when it, when you add humidity into the equation and you start thinking about when dew points would cause yeah. condensation on materials. So that's what's really happening in ducts is that we're having yeah. condensation going on inside the metal ducts that, and the dirt and dust is your food source. Yeah. yeah. Which is why, so you, you one want, you do want to eliminate the condensation potential by eliminating, watching your humidity and monitoring yeah. your humidity. And obviously in a, in a dry climate, like you're living in, or I'm living in, it's pretty easy to monitor your humidity because it's right. mostly really dry, but you go down to the, the Carolinas, Florida, and um, those places or anywhere Midwest, anywhere where you have a hot, humid, season um then you have the potential for the water now it's even more important that you don't have the the organic matter in your ducts right. yeah. yeah and yeah. i and yeah. i think kind of experience in utah is utah, because we are dry typically and i'm not saying every yeah. time but typically 
those those uh, dr- the ducting stays relatively dry so it is a dust issue more than because again a lot of people in utah they 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 hear that story about man there's just mold throughout every portion of my ducting and that's rarely the case here but i do know talking to some of our guys in the south that maybe it's more of an issue you know what about the people though? using um excuse me what about the people using swamp coolers oh yeah yeah that'll that'll they're getting less and less popular. Yeah. Right, right. I, I actually don't think anyone's putting yeah. it in anymore, but um, but that's to the point of they're using humidity. Yeah. And and the other point I would make on that is it's usually air conditioning related. So yeah. in climates like yours and mine, um, where heating is the primary function of the HVAC system, mm-hmm. um, or a very big, you know, more months are heating than cooling, yeah. then that's heating is dry you know yeah. that's dry air and it's not really conducive to condensation and unless you have high humidity in your house for some reason or you're bringing in air from the bathroom or whatever but generally that's a drying heat yeah. when you do air conditioning that's the opposite we're trying to actually condensate the humidity out of the air to make it comfortable and the air is cold which doesn't hold as much moisture right and so hence it's usually the cooling season. So it's people usually notice some reaction related to their ducts uh, when you change systems. So like when you go from cool heating yeah. season and then you yeah. turn on your conditioning, that can, and it's, and now we're having more, it's more humidity because it's the temperature has gotten warmer. Or yeah. I noticed a lot in like say October, kind of a time frame, time frame when you have maybe didn't use it for a while. Now we're going into heating and the heat turns on and basically is, annihilating the mold because the mold not completely temporarily you know because the mold doesn't like all that heat and dry air and so they put out all their babies to go find other wet spaces to land because it was really pretty nice and wet in there all summer yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and so on the shoulder seasons is when i see people mentioning that they are you know like all of a sudden i'm not feeling good when i or i smelled my my duct system yeah. smelled bad when i turned it on yeah yeah, yeah. another one yeah that's um, a good way to turn on as well right you mentioned but to your on. question yes this is why i don't live in a humid climate yeah. <laughs> because it's so hard to manage humidity and and even ervs and hrvs and we we talked about that a little bit before we started that you're bringing in humidity yeah. In some of those climates where one has to question, is this really a good idea? Yeah, I agree. Yep. I agree. I totally agree. We should have you back talk about ERP. Yeah, let's do that. HRVs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've, we've got some data for you. So, yeah, we have. Oh, I love that. I, I thought it was recently. only me, although I did find a guy in Florida that uh-huh. I interviewed recently. Maybe he would be a good one for you as well. Um, that because Florida is where they're having a lot of problems because it's 90% plus yeah. humidity all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And if you just let that come in unencumbered and then rely on like mm-hmm. your whole house dehumidification, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. you're going to end up with a mold somewhere because yeah. you might, the only way it really works is to dehumidify at the source. Yeah. If you humidify before you bring it in, that maybe could be, could be something. Yeah. And beware when they say that, oh, the HRV, ERV is X removes moisture from the air. Okay. Let's that, what that means is that if the moisture coming in is 90%, they might remove 2%. Yeah. And so now it's 87 yeah. or 88%. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they're not lying. It did remove moisture from the air. Yeah. The problem is that it's insignificant. Yeah. Yeah. The amount. And uh, yeah, I had a client in um, Minnesota, of all places, who um, it was the HRV or ERV. I think it was probably an ERV in Minnesota or HRV, I mean. And and I called the company and I asked for the data on at what point is the humidity not being taken out enough. Yeah. You know, and so they have, they, he was able to come up with the data, but it was clear that it wasn't, it was not very much that you could rely on the, the, um, that equipment alone. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I like, we definitely need to have you back. for yeah, that. We'll do, we'll do that. <laughs> we, we looked up the original patent on it and we've, we've got oh, a yeah. lot of study into it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's I do want to talk. A deep dive on it. Yeah. We've been trying to figure it out mostly for this lady. We feel so bad for it, but no, we've had a couple of others that just we some mystery seem... ones. They, they we have a couple of mystery ones and we they all have an ERV or an HRV. So we're starting to question maybe maybe there's something to it, you know. So yeah. But um, is there anything else that's worth pointing out, uh Cheryl, with with regards to the ducting process that you wanted to note? Well, the duct cleaning is I do, I mean, it a bad thing happened to me. We lost money in in and I think my kids actually got sicker temporarily, but ultimately, ultimately it took my daughter about a year and she did recover, but it wasn't overnight. It wasn't like, so that's one thing to know is that when we were done and the ducks were cleaned um, and they were cleaned, I mean, we took them apart and we really looked at them. I had a good guy. Um, she wasn't better overnight. It was a very slow process where I would look back, you know, four or five, six months later and go, she's not using her inhaler very much, or she doesn't, she hasn't missed school for headaches very much. You know, so it was a very gradual process, just like I do think that it's a gradual process to become um, affected by it. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been breathing this stuff for a long time and now suddenly it's a tipping point and your bucket overflows. Unfortunately, I think in those situations, it's not going to be like, oh my God, it's been a week and I feel so much better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually don't think that that is what happens. It didn't happen yeah. to me and my family. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then there's other, you know, there's still, what are you eating and all these other things, right. but it wasn't an overnight success, but I will say a year in, um, she basically didn't even carry that, uh, the inhalers with her anymore. And then she's 29 now and, and has never had asthma since. So how many, that makes me question how many kids out there with asthma, is it not, is it something that's fixable? Yeah. I think a a crazy high percentage is, I really do. I mean, from my experience, the, the dust is a, is a huge element in the silicon or or call it the silica. Yeah. Silica. silica, Now that's a, that's a sub five micron particle, right? I mean, that's, that's, well, it's 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 the rock. It's like a rock. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know the science of it other than the attorneys are all over it for people in yeah. work situations, right, but no, yes. nothing about what could happen to people over many years of breathing it in their duct system. Yeah, yeah. But it's a very, yeah. very fine dust that is particularly hard to clean, honestly. So in terms of duct cleaning, the case that I had that I was consulting on, again, $4 million house and it, it didn't even work. Um, <laughs> I was brought in to kind of help to mediate the situation the builder wanted to just clean it and he wanted to take the entire furnace apart and clean it because i'm like it's in every nook and cranny and it's a little rock that the blower is rubbing on that's what makes it 
um, basically it's not, it's going to depreciate really fast. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I said, for you to really do this is going to, it's going to be cheaper to replace oh, the, um, the furnace the duct cleaning, that's why it gets stuck in people's lungs and it becomes really um, a very hazardous health condition that's deadly. Aspergillus, I think it's called silicosis um, yeah. because it's such a fine dust that it's, even if you see it and you try to clean it, it's really hard to clean. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I was so, actually going to point out too, there's the silica in the dust and also there's um, the CDC. This is back in the 90s. I read an article where even they said 93% of asthma cases in the U S have are correlated with mold, you know, again, not a causation necessarily, but a correlated mm. with mold in the home. I can't remember how they worded it, but definitely asthma, in my opinion, mold and all these other contaminants are huge contributors. So yeah. I want to, let's, let's thank Cheryl for coming out. Yeah, I really appreciate you, it. For being oh, well, thanks for having me. I love talking to you guys. And I do want to see your science about that. Yeah, I think we will. We're on the same path of a little bit questioning, like, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really Is that going to work? We'll be in and, touch. Uh, and so I'd love to be a part of that as well. Yeah, so. let's do that. Let's put that on the schedule. And then um, I, I, I do want to give you a shout out. Um, why don't you tell everyone how they can get in contact with you? Because you do consulting service if someone has a yes. situation and you do them remotely. So tell us about that. I do. So I do a few things. So I'm on, I'm at avoidingmold.com. That's my website. And I have a lot of education there. So part of my mission is education and, and having a homeowners and clients that are of home builders and, and just really anybody in the general public, even renters be as knowledgeable as possible about their own bodies and their environment. And so I do education. I've, it's come that my most affordable education is recorded and then, but every situation is unique. And so I do also do individual consulting. It turns out that I can do that remotely. Number one, I don't really like going into moldy <laughs> sick buildings, but, um, but I, that came up, I tried helping someone using zoom. We use pictures, we use videos. Sometimes people walk around with their phone on FaceTime and yeah. show me stuff. And then I say, can you like tilt it that way? Or let's see what's going on over there. And it, it's actually been really effective for me. Um, as somebody who's trained, who's trained in what, how houses are supposed to be built and best practices. And so I can point those things out. And then I'm always trying to help people find the root cause of, yeah. um, because we can fix stuff all we want, but if we don't fix why it happened, right. then it tends to come back. And so, um, but we can all see a lot of this stuff. And, and I, my only disclaimer on that is that um, once you see this stuff, you're going to see it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, true. Yeah. I drive my wife crazy. Yeah. <laughs> my husband too. So we're yeah. videos. I'm on Instagram. Um, Cheryl Seco architect. I'm on Facebook on my public page is Cheryl Seco architect. Also, I'm also on YouTube, same name. And, and we'll be driving, you know, stopping at a gas station and we want to get somewhere. And I'm like, wait, I got to make a video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I see defects and I see challenges and sometimes I see good things. And I, I do try to point those out as well everywhere I go. And, and yeah. so given the mission of trying to train people's eyes to see stuff and say, no, that's yeah. not good. Yeah. Um, or even notice it in their own homes and go look around. We have a tendency yeah. to stay inside when it rains, but sometimes we should walk around outside. <laughs> so yeah, avoidingmold.com awesome. is where you can find Avoid me um, for my courses, my education, my free stuff of which I have plenty 
don't forget to like and subscribe there. And um, yeah. And, awesome. and if you need individual consulting, I can help with that too. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Have a great day. And to all our listeners, and, and until next time. Yeah. Take Bye. Thank you. Thanks, Cheryl. Bye. Thanks, Cheryl. Thanks for listening to the Mold Matters Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in-depth information on mold illness and recovery.